Good to have all of you in the house of the Lord. We're thankful that all of you are here. We are glad for, um, <clears throat> I want to continue to remember, my wife did have surgery Tuesday morning, and and uh, she uh, came through surgery fine, I believe, and just been battling uh, some of the pain and the uh, things that go uh, along with that recovery. And I know that can be frustrating at times and uh, can be uh, intense, but uh, we are glad you are here. And we uh, don't want to forget uh, all of uh, these announcements, but I, I do appreciate all of those at work made a good uh, turkey and uh, uh, cheesy potatoes and it was a, a great meal and I think this coming week there's going to be a very good meal uh, I think maybe some of Sister Melissa's noodles and uh, some beef and I don't know what all they're going to have but praise the Lord you'll, you'll be blessed so don't forget that's next Sunday and uh, you'll be able to buy a cake and have a cake auction and be able to do all of those uh, things so that's coming up but we're glad we are growing apostolic legacy, and we're going to talk about today uh, basically cleansing my soul senses, cleansing my soul senses. And I know uh, that you may say, well, Pastor, I don't know what my soul senses are. And I agree with you that, um, you know, we, uh, the soul senses, I, I forgot to announce, it, uh, we, uh, Sister uh, uh, Rachel or Brother Matt, I think Brother Matt was the one that texted me uh, earlier this week, uh, Sister Ella is also going to be baptized uh, today, so praise the Lord. That's a, that's very good. That's a powerful, uh, we're going to have two young ladies being baptized in Jesus' name. And uh, so we're glad that all of uh, the parents and uh, grandparents and aunts and uncles and encouraging their children, grandchildren to be baptized in Jesus' name. That's a wonderful, wonderful start. Amen. <clears throat> so I, Back to soul senses, and let me let me explain. I, I there's a lot of different words. Uh, our body senses are relatively easy to believe and to understand because we, uh, we we've been taught our senses, our five senses, since we were uh, a child, and uh, that is our taste and our ears and our eyes and our sense of smell and then our sense of touch, those powerful senses that we need every day to take in information. It, it becomes our way of bringing information into our soul. Now, our soul is defined as our mind or our emotions, our heart, or our will, our will, because some people don't understand that last one because it's not, we don't have a strong uh, understanding of that, but you will hear people say he lost the will to live or he doesn't want to do it anymore. More. He just lost his willpower. And anybody know that by now, those New Year's resolutions that you began January the 1st, you may have already lost the will to do them. I don't know. You may have said in your mind you were going to do them. You may have felt in your heart you wanted to do them, but you lost the willpower and you kind of, you know, drifted and you don't do those anymore. And I understand. And that, you know, amazingly, the Bible uses the phrase, uh, when you look in Philippians, the second chapter in the th 12th verse, wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, he uses this phrase, work out your own salvation with 
fear and trembling. That word salvation is really, uh, if you study it in the Greek, it's really deliverance. Work out your own deliverance because we know that there is no work that you can do for salvation. We know that Jesus has done all of the work. He shed his blood on Calvary. He uh, died so that we could have forgiveness of sins. We know that when we repent, ask the Lord to forgive us, that there is a cleansing that happens in our, uh, in our heart and our mind and in our soul. And, and it's a, a, a moment when that blood, you know, is able to cover a multitude of sins. And then when we talk about baptism and going down in the watery grave of baptism like Jesus was baptized and identifying with his death, his burial, and his resurrection. That's why we do it in his name because the Bible not only identifies that as the only way the early church baptized, but the fact is that it's because of his blood and his mercy that we are going down in that water making a covenant blessing, a covenant identification with the Lord Jesus Christ and then we are able to receive the fire of the Holy Ghost or the presence, his presence can now flow out of us and, and I realize that that spirit that you know that here's those things that cleanse and when you look at the old tabernacle, blood and water and fire, blood and water and fire. And so that's why when the early church was baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire, it's his presence. And I, I recognize, you know, that individuals will say, well, but the word of God. And that's very true. I, my, I have my Bible here and the word of God, you know, is one of those things. You can have it on your phone or wherever, but it's amazing how the the word is able to cleanse your mind and cleanse your emotions. And if you've ever been afraid, if you've ever been worried, if you've ever, some of you have already experienced this where a scripture starts speaking to you or you read and, and all of a sudden, maybe even reading it out loud, maybe walking the floor and reading a psalm and saying, you know, whatever that song is, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And we just all of a sudden, my emotions that were being run away and like it just seemed like they were going crazy on me now all of a sudden I find a peace of God that passes understanding why because this word is alive and it's living and it's his presence and that we know according to John that the word became flesh and dwelt among us and so we know this is like speaking the very words of Jesus and it's that washing of water by the word. And last Sunday I, I jumped into this and I know I, I spent a long time on Sunday morning and then on Sunday night and some of you were here for both and if you're not, you, you, can, you can get online and you can kind of begin to realize. But I started with probably the, the, the most... Uh, uh, easily recognized since our eyes and I talked about our sight and the window to the soul and how uh, it, you know what we see goes into our mind and, and I, I then coupled it with imaginations and, and it, it goes into our thoughts, it goes into several things but it's our imagination and, and you know how it is it, it just begins to uh, you know we see something, we believe something, somebody drove too fast or cut us off, somebody did something and I just know that they're doing that to get at me and I just know they saw me headed to that parking spot and they zipped into that parking spot and I know that they're doing it and I'm mad and I go into the store mad and I'm just angry and look 
at that, they, they ran out of my favorite peanut butter and they knew I was coming to the store for that peanut butter and by the end of the day, you're just emotionally destroyed. You're emotionally upset and your thoughts and your imaginations. And, and it's not just those kinds of things. It's why we, we caution our young people about being careful what you see and being careful because, you know, you can even look across church and see somebody and they, they look away or they don't do whatever and your imagination can run. And so what, do, what begins to restore my soul is faith in God, faith in the word of God, faith in changing my thinking, starting to look at things through the eye of faith. And we talked about that. Just, you know, you can imagine that I'm, I'm never going to get better. I'm never going to be able to conquer that. I'm never going to. Or you can start saying, you know what? The Lord said he'd never leave me nor forsake me. I'm going to start thinking another thought. Whatsoever things are good, lovely, pure. If there's any good report, praise and virtue. I start putting those things in my imagination. And sure enough, I can then begin to change my thinking. Now, mouth was sort of the next one, and we talked about it last Sunday night. And that's what we taste. And I had the prime example of Isla, and I mentioned it on Sunday morning, where the first thing they do as a baby, and what I know all of our, our babies do, is they find something and they immediately put it in their mouth. They want to try it out. And that's the sense they use. They see it, they want to try it out. You know, that little piece of fuzz that you didn't even spot on the floor, and that little piece of mud that was, uh, let me see what it's like. I want to taste it. I want to see because there's something about it. And I know our, our mouth is, you know, uh, it's got a few uh, senses, but it's, it's not uh, overwhelmingly good at tasting. It basically tastes hot and, and uh, you know, heat and sour and sweet. And, 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 you know, it doesn't have a lot of different receptors, but it's kind of like uh, and I put down a soul sense, and you don't have to say this one matches it. I just was trying to match up some soul issues that I thought of and try to figure out a, a way that they came in information. And it's kind of like reasoning, you know, and, and because you will see a baby and, and they, uh, you know, I, I'll never forget, I think it was Tegan the first time maybe it, she ate prunes, you know, it's like, I want, I want that, I want that, I want that, I want that. I oh, yeah, yeah, don't believe I want that. And that's where a baby is, you know. It's like, oh, I'm crawling. I'm going to get that piece of fuzz. That's what I want. And then they go, uh, 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 mm -mm. So it's sort of a reasoning power, if you will. You know, I, I start reasoning. Now, you may reason with somebody else. Sometimes we use our mouth to say, did you see what so-and-so said? Did you hear? Did you know? You know what I'm talking about. Not, you know, I start reasoning with somebody. Sometimes I use my mouth to reason. Sometimes I self-reason. You ever done that? You ever talked yourself into... You know, this is what's going on in my, you know, I, talking to myself. And, and if I'm not careful and I don't speak a word of faith before long, I can reason myself right out of a miracle. Talked to Brother Bill, and he spoke to us last Sunday night. And by Monday, you know what? He had gone, and, you know, he says, I don't know, we, you know. I talked to him on the phone, and he said, I'm, my wife accuses me of being Eeyore. <laughs> Those were not my words. He said that. Because I always go, yeah, but one more phone call tomorrow, and it could be in bad shape. And we all have a tendency to, okay, don't get too, because uh, yeah. the bottom could fall out tomorrow. We could be in war. 
this could happen. The economy, I understand. I'm not asking you to be crazy, but at the same time, when we've been touched with the Holy Ghost, the Bible says we've got to speak a word of faith every once in a while. And that's, and I, and Brother Bill told me, he said, but you know what you said Sunday night, I know God is able. And I said, well, it, it's, I understand wanting to be Eeyore, but you know, the little, you know, the one with the cloud over his head, for those of you who don't know children's books, but you know, the, the little donkey that walked around with a cloud. But, but what, what do you say? I, I, at some point, I have to speak a word of faith. I have to speak a word that God is able. I don't know when, I don't know how, I don't know what's going to happen, but one thing I do know is I serve a God that is able. That's why we pray. That's why we bless. That's why we worship. That's why we say, Lord, I'm coming to you. I have Father who art in heaven. I've got a daddy who owns the cattle on a thousand hills. I've got a dad who is able to touch. I've got a dad who can do a miracle. I've got a Father who is great. He didn't say, to the disciples, when you come to pray, pray like this. Oh God, I don't know if we can, I, I know you're a long way away. I don't know if it's possible. I don't know what we can, I, huh? He said, pray like this. Our Father, give us this day. <laughs> Forgive us. What are you talking about? If there was ever a time, our mouth, how we speak, how we speak to ourselves, how we speak to one another. And I, I mentioned last Sunday night about the Bible talks about blessing and cursing, not supposed to fly out of the same mouth. It's like sweet water and bitter water. So, you know, but what do we have? It's a world that is quick to mouth off. In fact, you know, I get amazed at how many people jump onto Twitter or TikTok or Facebook and they got a mouth off about something. They don't know all the answers and they don't know all the situations, but they got to put their mouth into it. <laughs> and I just, you know, and you wonder, well, why? You got a hole in your soul because your reasoning may not be with all the information. Right. You know, and so we talked about the mouth. So I, I, I realize I, you all have heard that, and I'm not, I'm not trying to reiterate something you've already heard. But the important thing about the mouth, and so I jumped right then into the nose, because, you know, it is the mouth can taste a little bit, but you know what really adds the flavor? Is <laughs> what you smell. It's, it's amazing. You know, the taste is limited to sweet, sour, bitter, salty. You can say, oh, you know, this is salty. But when you smell it, oh, take a fresh loaf of bread. Take, bake some cookies in the oven and the whole house you know, Christmas time when they light those cinnamon and Candles. Y'all don't do all of that, I know, but, huh? Know what I'm talking about? The smell. It just does something to the atmosphere. And I, I hate to, I, I don't want to mess up your lunch, but many years ago, I was 11th grade, I was, went through the classes and was allowed to, uh, drive an ambulance. Brother Rich Vance is here. He can tell you one of the first things they give you when you drive an ambulance is a little jar of mentholatum. Am I right? You know why? Because at times you go into some places that you need something in your nose or you will have a gag reflex. Can't help it. Just 
all of a sudden the smell hits your nose. It's like an awareness that you didn't realize you had. That's why I put your conscience. It's like an awareness. It's like your conscience in your, you know, I realize, you, you know, you can smell. I guess my olfactory glands are, you know, I can smell when my wife burns the toast four rooms away. I'll say, something's burning. Anybody, anybody know what I'm talking about? I just smell it. <clears throat> and if it doesn't smell good, mm, hard for me to get it down. I know what I mean. All right. What's amazing is the Bible, go back in the Old Testament, Isaiah the 11th chapter, Second through the third verse. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. And the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, and shall make him of quick understanding. That two words, quick understanding, if you hit blueletter.com, it's only used about nine times in the Old Testament and eight out of those times it's interpreted or written in the King James Version as smell. <clears throat> Shall make him smell. Let me go on to the rest of it. In the fear of the Lord. And he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, nor reprove after the hearing of his ears, but he will have a smell. Eight out of 11 times it's smell. Quick understanding, smell. He will have a smell of the fear of the Lord. Isn't that amazing? Smell. The fear, the reverence of God. Amazingly enough, and I know some of you may not understand this, but those of you who've been around uh, long enough, you may call it discerning of spirits, or you may, but you can smell when somebody doesn't respect God. You can just smell it on them. They can be dressed the same as somebody else. They can look the same, but then there's a smell about them. Kind of off. You know what I'm saying? It's that <laughs> because there's a, a whole portion of us that are supposed to be, when we come into his presence, the over and over and over again, the Bible talked about the sacrifice of God became a sweet-smelling savor in the nostrils of God. Which means that just offering an animal, if you have no reverence for God, doesn't smell to God the same as an offering that you do respect God. In other words, I can come and I can do this and I have no problem with doing this and doing this and yeah, but the, this is, you know, they're all goofy. And you know what? God doesn't smell. It doesn't smell the same to God. It might look the same. You can look the part, but you don't smell the part. Wow. You know, <laughs> because... <clears throat> Years ago, my nose had been broken, and I tell you my war stories before I was married, and, and they, they, they broke it, reset it, and the scar tissue grew up, grew over it, and so they went in and they cauterized one side of my nostrils. And I, maybe that's why I can smell burn so good. But for, for I don't know how many weeks, all I could taste was burn because of my smell. It was cauterized. So, you know, see, when, when, 
you, you lack an awareness if you don't have your nose. And, and I, I feel sorry for those of you who had COVID, and I know Brother Josh, I think, lost his sense of smell. Brother Jeff, I think, lost it before COVID. He's been a long time without. And I, I feel sorry because I, I love to smell things, you know, and ultimately, hey, when you don't smell, then nothing really tastes good. And, and I, I realize even Noah offered a sacrifice after the flood. But, but here we go. Let, let's look in the New Testament about conscience. Romans, the, the second chapter and the 14th and 15th verses. For when the Gentiles, which have not the law, do by nature the things contained in the law, these not having the law are a law unto themselves, which show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness and their thoughts the mean while accusing or excusing one another. You see, we are all born with a, a conscience for God and an awareness of God, but you can sear it. You can purge it. You can say, I'm not going to listen to that. I don't care what anybody else says. I'm going to turn it off. I'm going to cauterize it. Because that's what the Bible talked about in the New Testament. Hebrews, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. In, J in Timothy, it says, the spirit speaking expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits, doctrines of devils, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience what? Hebrews, the 10th chapter, for the law having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image of things can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comers perfect for when they would have ceased to be offered because the worshipers once purged have no more conscience of sins. But in those sacrifices, there is a remembrance again made of sins every year. It's not possible to take the sins away by the blood of bulls and of goats. You say, what are you talking about? He is saying that the reason I made people come and bring a sacrifice and come and bring a blood sacrifice is so they remembered what they had done Say, I don't want to remember. I don't want to know what I just want to be able to say. In Jesus' name, and it's all over. But if you lose your sense of smell before long, you just do it again like playing a video game. Doesn't stink to you. Doesn't smell bad. And when where I, we pastored just about 25 miles to the south was a huge paper mill. And every once in a while when the wind was blowing just right, you could smell, ugh. And I always thought I'd hate to live in that town, but then if you go to that town, to go to Pine Bluff, about 10 minutes in, man, it stunk. It was horrible. Then when you got there, guess what? Couldn't smell it anymore. That's why people can do things and act ways and they don't even realize how bad they stink. And everybody around them is going, <clears throat> mm, great to see you. But you've been living in it so long that's what the Bible talks about our soul when people just continually do. This is why it's such a privilege it is to come and let, this is what he's saying in Hebrews. He is saying, I want to put my law in their heart and in their mind and I want to wash their sins. I want them to have boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way. I am somehow trying, which he has consecrated in the 
veil for us through his flesh, having a high priest over the house of God. Let us draw near with a full assurance of faith, have our, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying that when you just continue, this is why it was so easy for some guys to grab a woman and rush her to Jesus and say, look, she was caught in the very act that was against the law. But do you know, they were all guilty themselves of things. And I'm going to show you why I know that. Read it in John, the eighth chapter. You can read it. But when Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground, you know what the Bible uses the phrase? They were convicted by their own. So easy for me to pick out her faults and his faults and those faults and look at somebody else's fault and not realize how bad I stink. What are you saying, pastor? Oh, God. They were able to point out, look at this. Look at this. And then there was, Jesus started just saying, I don't know what, I don't know what they each had done. Remember the loaf of bread you stole? Remember what you said about Susie? Remember what you did two weeks ago on a Thursday night? I don't know what he wrote, but the Bible says they were convicted by their own conscience. Thankfully, it wasn't seared. Go ahead, next slide, I'm sorry. What are you saying? Our nose smells foul and good, and so, so this conscience. So what do you do when it's damaged? When my soul, when my conscience has a hole in it, and I want to justify everything I'm doing, I'm not as bad as so-and-so, I didn't do as bad as this one, and I didn't do that, and at least I didn't do this. And, I, you know, everybody down there is bad and evil, and I can tell you, I know things about God bless you, when you've got such a hole in your soul, you will justify and refuse to accept any responsibility. So what cleanses it? Hope. Not in myself. I'm aware of my humanity, but I want to smell Jesus. Oh, well, this one, I I know this one, and I know that one, and I know this one's doing wrong. But at least they're here on a Sunday morning. Oh, God, let me smell Jesus on them. Go ahead, Sister Tracy. What are you saying? Titus says it like this. Unto the pure, all things are. Unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure. But even their mind and their conscience is defiled. They profess that they know God, but in works they deny him, being abominable, disobedient, and every good work reprobate. Wow. That's how bad our conscience can get. Oh, you say, Pastor, you're... Blow me. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace through God, with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Next slide. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations, also knowing that tribulation works patience, and patience experience, and experience hope, and hope makes not a shame because the love of God 
God, which is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, is given unto us. For when we were yet without strength in due Christ time, Christ died for the ungodly. What do you say? Oh, I still have hope. I still have hope. I'm praying because I have believed that somehow God's going to work a miracle. He goes on in Romans and says, for, for fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, redeeming, uh, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing in, in uh, instant in prayer. Go on. Next slide. What are you saying? The greatest story, and I, I'm going to hurry because I'd, I'd like to cover at least one more sense besides just smell. But the greatest story that you could ever read in, in the Old Testament about hope is found in the book of Hosea where the prophet starts in talking about from God about what he did to Israel, how they were bad, how they were adulterous, how they were horrible, how he stripped them naked, he threw them out in the wilderness, he made them thirsty, what all God did to them. You read it from second chapter of Hosea from the first verse to the 14th verse. She served Baal, I, 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 she is not my wife, he says. And then verse 15 and 16, and the valley of Achor for a door of hope. Thou shalt call me Ishi. And she, the valley of Achor, the place where Achan sinned and there was a stoning and he had been selfish and taken gold and Babylonian garments and selfishly act, the Lord in the Old Testament said, that place of your defeat, God is able to open a door of hope. What are you saying? No matter what you've done, no matter how bad it's been, no matter how bad someone, oh, there is still hope. As long as there is life, as long as you say, I don't know, I don't want to pray for him anymore. Oh, don't ever stop praying. Don't ever stop believing. Don't ever stop saying, Lord, I want to smell Jesus. I, I'm looking for something in him. Oh, are you saying that there? No, go ahead. I, I, I know. Let's talk about our ears and we'll try to hurry through this one. We'll bust through it because, you know, the wonderful thing of ears, and I, I feel so bad for Sister, uh, 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 now Bobby uh, Seibel, uh, right here, because I know she has hard of hearing, and I know people that cannot hear, and, and I, I feel terrible for that because it's one of our five senses and and to not hear a melody or to not hear a bee buzz and to not know just those subtle sounds and and I you know it, it, what a what a loss and you know the wind and the trees and all of those things and I, I put that as maybe memory because you know when I I hear certain things I, I've been been uh, accused of being mean to my uh, newest granddaughter because I try to always introduce her to all the family members. This is your father, David, Guy, Barrett from Australia. This is your mother, Caitlin, Isla, Shostrand, Barrett. Uh, this is your grandmother on your mother's side and I go through the list and then when I come to me, I say, and I'm Papa. And I sing a little ditty, do da do. Because that's me. But they get a long name that they'll never remember. And I get a short name, Papa. Because through her ear, it's memory. I get amazed, Tegan's auditory memory. But the Bible repeatedly says, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. 13th chapter, Jesus said, for this people's heart is waxed gross and their ears are dull of hearing and their eyes they've closed. Lest at any time they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand 
Go ahead, next slide. With their heart and should be converted and I should hear, heal them. But blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. Let these sayings sink down in your ears for the Son of Man shall be delivered into the hands of men. In the Old Testament, the priests were anointed on the ear, on the thumb, and on the big toe, on the head. Faith comes by what? Hearing. And hearing by what? The importance of reading and studying and hearing. And now we have all these wonderful apps that will read the Bible to you. And yet I, I fear that we listen less to the Bible than we've ever listened. But we hear Brother Fox or Sister NBC or Brother CNN or Sister ABC or... Huh? And we hear one report after another... And we will listen. In fact, Proverbs says, a liar gives ear to a naughty tongue. Some people just can't wait to hear all the gossip. I know they're not going to tell it. They're going to pray for them. They're going to bless them. God help us. If I hear it, my mouth, I need to be healing it with my mouth. If I hear it, I need to say, oh, thank you for sharing. That gives me something to pray for. Let's pray together. Will you join me in praying this week? You know what? You won't get as much gossip. Oh, now you're meddling. But what we like to hear is, I, you know what? I'm going to tell you what I also heard. And I... And I'm telling you what I've seen too. Oh God, huh? Are we supposed to have a healed soul? Flo, okay, go ahead. Brethren, I count myself not to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. What do I do? Forget all that junk that's behind. I reach forth into the... <laughs> for the prize, for the things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. The lady, and I, I put here this, uh, in 1 Kings, the 17th chapter, the lady that, that, you know, she couldn't, uh, you know, she couldn't have a baby and all that, and she had got one, and the prophet was so kind and all of that, and then it died, and her first words out of her mouth, have you come to call my sin to remembrance? I don't even know what sin it was. The Bible didn't even tell us what it was. But the point is that there's this whole feeling of, you know, the accuser gets on your shoulder and begins to accuse you of everything you've done and why you can't make it and why you can't live for God and dim in your memory and you've tried this before. Oh, don't you remember those wonderful times you used to have and those, you know, when you were not trying to live for God and oh, you know, and you, you start thinking the wrong memories. You don't think about God. You don't remember a song in the night. You don't commune with your heart and your diligent search, you know, you, you, somehow your ears get full and, you know, you, 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 know, you, you put on a, a a song and, and it's not a, a good godly song. It's not a Christian song. You know, it's about how, you know, something happened and, you know, she got the gold mine and I got the shaft and this was a problem and that's a problem and I can't, you know, I hate them all and I don't like this and before long I'm foaming at the mouth. My soul is in turmoil. And I want to just tell you something. For those of you who sit here and you know your Bible, you know that the Bible says that Lot vexed his soul with the naughtiness of Sodom and Gomorrah. And we are inundated with stuff all the time. 
You can always hear an evil report, a bad report, a horrible report. You can always hear something bad about somebody in church, somebody in politics, somebody, plenty of junk you can hear. Or you can say, you know what, I'm going to give my ears a little break. I'm going to sing a song. He brought me out of the mind. Clay, he set my feet on a rock to stay. I've got a song in my heart, a song of He brought me. Oh, but don't you know everybody's going down? But yep, he brought me out of my. <laughs> what are you doing? Go here. Here's what Simon Peter said. I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though you know them. Had they be established by this present truth? Yea, I think it meet as long as I am in this tabernacle to stir you up by putting you in remembrance of what God has done for you. Second Peter, he goes on down in this chapter and he says, the second epistle, beloved, now I write unto you, both I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance that you be mindful of the words which were spoken to you by the holy prophets and the commandments of us, the apostles and the Lord. And Savior, first knowing there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust, saying, where is the promise of his coming? Since the fathers fell asleep, that everything's continued the way it has. You know, there are people that are going to say, the Lord's not coming. You can do whatever you want. It doesn't matter. But you know what? I know that one day he's coming again. One day he's going to come again. I don't know all the signs of the time. I don't know what's going on right now in Israel in the new I push that down into another city. But one thing I do know, none of this has taken God out of, uh, by surprise. He knows what's going on. Paul wrote to Timothy. I want you to, he says, I thank God whom I serve from my forefather, from my forefathers with pure conscience. Without ceasing, I remembered you in my prayers day and night, greatly desiring to you that you be mindful of my tears that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in you, which was in your grandmother and in your mother, I am persuaded that it is in you also. I put you in remembrance. This is the third time he said it. Stir up the gift of God which is in you by the putting on of hands for God hath not given us a spirit of fear but of love and of power and of a sound mind put them in remembrance Revelation the second chapter Revelation the third chapter go on in the next slide it says when you remember your word of God you remember the reverence you remember remember where you came from remember what God's done for you don't ever let me forget how you brought me out, how the amazing grace of God, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost. Oh, you say, but pastor, you don't understand. I, I, am, I, I don't know. I, 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 I think that I, you know, I, in the bottom of my life, oh, Solomon, one slide and I'm finished. We're going to bring these young ladies back. They're going to get baptized. Ecclesiastes says, let's hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. What's it do to you? Are you going to fear God? Keep his commandments? I've had people tell me why they can't live for God and it's somebody did this, somebody did that. And I say, does that stop you from living for God? The conclusion of the whole matter is you remember what God's done for you. Psalms, the 19th chapter, the fear of the Lord is clean. 
The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride. What are you saying? Lord, let me smell something that's sweet when I come into his presence. Sweet smelling savor. Let me hear a word that tells me, guess what? I can make it. The Lord loves me. He died for me. Let me hear. Let me smell. Why? In this hour, my soul, my imaginations, my conscience, my thoughts, my memories. And I, I know people that have had post-traumatic stress disorders and they have horrible memories, horrible, horrible memories. Damage to their soul, damage to their thinking. And they find my memory, come ahead, I, I'm through. I, I've done all my slides, come on. We're gonna play, we're gonna stand. In fact, well, we'll stand now. They, they're embarrassed to walk by if y'all are not standing. Come on up. And they remember, they remember everything. They remember where they were. They remember the smells. They remember the sounds. They remember everything about the situation. You can lose hope. I'm going to finish it up tonight with touch. Why? Because at some point, The only thing that I know that will heal the soul is to open it up to the Holy Ghost, open it up to the Word of God, open it up to the presence of God. And you say, well, Pastor, I, I don't understand. I, how does it work? I don't know, but it's just something about it when you start putting it in your eyes in your ears when you start getting into his presence and smelling the sweet smelling savor of God when you start looking around you and seeing what all God's done for you there's a healing that begins to take place in your soul in your memories before long you realize you know what yeah those things happened but look how good God's been to me and you start focusing on what God's done for me. You see, the enemy wants to torment you for the rest of your life with your memories of things that have happened and done when the Holy Ghost is here to wash it and to cleanse it and to strengthen you and to fill up the holes that are there. You say, I don't understand how it happens. Well, to be very candid with you, nor do I, but it works. Anybody can raise your hand and say, it works? If you need healing in your soul today, I want you to come. They're gonna sing. We'll be able to see on the screen the baptisms. We have a wall there, but if you just want the Lord to heal your soul, it's been vexed by the world and by the stuff you've done and others have done to you. I want you to.